0: Welcome to episode 3 of The Closet Hooper. Um, Today we will be discussing... Today's date is Wednesday, December 6th. We will be discussing yesterday's exciting play-in games. Or, sorry, in-season tournament games. I don't know why I said play-in. And then talking about tomorrow's games, which are continuing. Before we start, I have to say, tournament so far has been way better than I thought. When I first heard about it, I'm thinking to myself... Okay, like, the games, in theory, should matter more, but will players care? Is 500 k enough of an incentive going to Vegas? Is that all enough of an incentive to get players to play more? Or play harder? It really is. Last night's game, particularly Suns-Lakers, was a physical game, and it was exciting. You could feel intensity from everyone. There was tension in the air. You could feel it. Everyone everyone really did care. Everyone wanted to go to Vegas. And that is very, very important. A couple years or two, this will be a normal thing. This will be valued. Or I hope it's valued. Right now, the stigma's still kind of like, eh, whatever. It's going to become mainstream eventually. I really hope so. Um. Alright, so we're going to get to the two games. We're going to start off with the one that I have the... Which I have less to say about. Knicks Bucks, what an odd game! What an odd game! The Knicks score 122 points, which has got to be like a we got to be a season high for them. I don't know for sure. Season high for them, and they lose by over 20. NBA has just gotten weirder. Um, the Knicks were number one in points allowed per game. They were allowed around 105. The Bucks score 146. It's mind-boggling how efficiently Giannis and Dame just sliced up the paint, sliced up the perimeter. They're able to score at will. You got production also off the bench. They had they had um, combined 42 bench points, including 13 from Portis, 12 from Campaign. Campaign also had a really good game the, a couple of days ago. He had 18 in a game against, I believe it was Atlanta. Um, and then on the Knicks side, Randall actually went off. Um, he had 41, missed five shots, very efficient. Now, Brunson um, didn't quite make as many. He was. Um, need a below average game for Jalen Brunson. Normally, normally you would say Brunson's the one taking over instead of Randall, but tonight it was Randall. And um, the Knicks people are saying they need to make a trade. I wouldn't go. I, I don't think it needs to be some monumental trade. They just need they need more shooting. Quite honestly, that's their biggest issue. They again shot thirty percent from three in this game, despite scoring one hundred twenty four points. They just need to make more threes. Like. That's really the only thing that needs to change. Bucks, by contrast, shot 60% from three. It's ridiculous. Shot 60% from three. Like, yeah, that happens. Most NBA teams don't shoot 60% from three at a game. But New York cannot be shooting 30% every game. They are always nearly last in the league in three-point percentages made. It's what cost them. It's what made them lose to Miami beyond like Randall's general production. It was just like, okay, can we force Josh Green and Quentin Grimes to keep taking corner three after corner three? And it worked. That's what um, ultimately won the series. So Knicks need to work on that. Milwaukee um, still got some issues with the defense because they still gave up 124. Right now they are in outscore mode, which is why while I really like their record, the Celtics to me are a bit more put together in what they want to do. But I think Milwaukee will figure out the defense. As I said in the last episode when I did my recaps, um, Bochamp is the main guy who's got to take a leap. Everyone else, I feel like he's kind of, everyone else is a bit more static. Who? Shout out Malik Beasley, by the way. This guy's been making everything. It's beautiful. It's really nice after the down season with the Lakers. He again had a really good game. He, had, um, he made six threes, 18 points, solid. When you're getting that kind of production from your shooting guard, you you, you just need him to be average on defense. And that's why he's getting the start over Bochamp, who his defense has been slightly above average, and his offense has been essentially non-existent. So they really need more. They do need more from the perimeter defenders. Jay Crowder was out too. That is a factor. But Jay Crowder is also pretty old. So it's really important that they get those guys healthy and ready to go. All right, so... Bucks are moving on to play Indiana. Um, I'm now realizing the, this this game is just this game. I would not be surprised if both teams scored over 130 points minimum. Last time they both scored over 120, and Dame didn't even play. So over 130, I can very much see it happening. Giannis and Dame are going to go off. Halliburton, shout shout out Halliburton. That guy, that guy is is. That that Kings Pacers trade, what a great trade! No one, as of right now, no one has lost that trade. Halliburton got so much better. Sabonis revitalized um, the Kings. It's been it's been great for both teams. Halliburton's really gone off. Like the playmaking, the playmaking is one thing, but then there's also um the way he's just the IQ is very for a player his age is impressive always able to find the right guys running set actions um one of the one of the biggest issues with him apparently apparently was clutch time performance really turned that around in the game against the Celtics to to take that three against Brown after a little quick move and ma- and make it it's a hell of a shot um he also did that move on Drew Holiday Um, he's, he's, he's slowly but surely, sorry, actually quickly, he's quickly putting together, like, his bag of tricks, he's, like, figuring out when to use them, get, when to get into the lane, when to step it back, his jump shot is deceivingly, like, deceivingly hard to block, you'd think with how slow it is, you could block it really easily, but he's got a high arc to it, really hard to block, very, very nice looking once you actually see the stroke of it, it's really cool. In terms of other stuff for the Pacers, um, their offense is really nice. Run and gun. Rick Carlisle did a great job. Um, in terms of actual matchups, I think Miles Turner Miles Turner slash Bruce Brown, it's on that, those guys to guard Giannis. Probably not going to succeed, but that's okay. Um, Dame, Dame, I think, should feast. Indiana doesn't really have, other than Bruce Brown. Doesn't really have a defender to deal with him. But Milwaukee doesn't have one to deal with Halliburton. Halliburton's gonna de- destroy everyone. So that game, to me, I can't predict because they are gonna outscore everyone. It's just gonna be a scoring. It's just gonna be like a floodgate of points. No overtime if they score over 130 points. I would not be surprised. Each of them. That is not surprising in the least. Be a very close game. Um, the thing that I do have to say is I would give it to the Bucks though, because of clutch time performance. Obviously, Indiana played really well against, um, Boston. But Milwaukee in the clutch, when you have Dame and Giannis is, like, on the side... It's just perfect. When they do the screen, Dame has been really good in the clutch. He had that game, that other in-season tournament game against the Knicks, struggling all game. Uh, final three minutes of the game outplays Jalen Brunson on both ends. He was able to get a stop on him and then hit this three, get by him. It was amazing. So, the fact that Dame, it doesn't matter how bad he's shooting, could just turn it on at the end. Oh, yeah, the game against Boston, too. When Milwaukee played Boston, Dame got them back into the game. And if he hadn't missed that dunk, which to me was not like a, oh, he didn't show up moment. It was like, a oh, he just mistimed the jump. That was literally it. Other than that missed dunk, he was the reason they got back into the game by hitting, like, some ridiculous shots. Over Derek White, Drew Holiday, those guys. Tough shots. So, with that on their side, I would say the Bucks win. But I don't know about Indiana. Their offense could just overwhelm Milwaukee early if Milwaukee's missing a couple of shots. Same both ways. Indiana does not have a good defense. Milwaukee's defense is marginally better than Indiana's, which is another reason why I'm predicting Milwaukee to win. If they don't, I also would not be surprised. Um, all right, we'll move on to the real, the real show of last night. Suns-Lakers. Um, we'll get to the questionable foul call in a sec. But I, I, this game, I was watching all of it. I missed a bit of Knicks, um, Bucks, Knicks. This game, I was watching all of it. It's a, it's, it's amazing how both of these teams like were so inconsistent from quarter to quarter, maybe even minute to minute, like the ways they were trying to do things. Um, first quarter, Phoenix ten turnovers, obviously. Lakers defensive intensity was at a was up to hundred and ten. It was everywhere. Um, Vanderbilt was getting Vanderbilt and Reddish were pestering, deflecting. Um, the way they were scoring, too, they weren't attempting that many threes. They were trying to play in the paint, trying to get it to AD. AD was super aggressive. This is the most aggressive. I have seen AD when going up against a physical big man. Like, normally he doesn't go right at them. He was going at Nurkic. He was going at Eubanks. Instead of taking as many jump shots as he normally does, which when he's making them, it's effective. But this game, he was like, no, I want to get inside and get my points. He's doing a really good job there. Um, LeBron was playing within the flow of the offense. They were just playing within the flow of the offense and scoring in transition off of Phoenix's 10 turnovers, which Booker had four of them in the first half. I mean, the first quarter. K, they also did a good job, I don't know if that's Phoenix or LA's defense, KD didn't really touch the ball in the first quarter, he kind of wasn't there, or it kind of felt like, oh yeah, KD is there, but he didn't really get the ball, Booker was really running a lot of the actions, and yeah, Booker did have a couple of turnovers, which I will credit the Lakers defense a bit more, because some of those steals, they, they were very unpredictable, so... Booker having four tournaments, he's getting back into it after that injury. But I would say overall his playmaking is the is the best, is best it's ever been. Definitely should be running the point guard position for Phoenix. So I think he'll get over that rough shooting night too. Again, he's coming back. He's getting his legs under him. Once he does that, he's going to be fine. Um. So then we get to the second quarter. Lakers are up by twelve at this point. They're extended early to like thirteen. F- Phoenix goes on a little run, cuts it to two. During this run. Um you see Phoenix they're they're figuring out ways to attack off the catch, create open threes. The Lakers defensive intensity also definitely went down after that point, so it helped them get back in the game. The Lakers also I, I've noticed they have this habit of getting into if a couple of threes go in like in rhythm, they will start taking out of rhythm threes. And that seems kind of generic, but with this team, I really see it a lot more, where they fall in love with taking threes and, and stop sticking to their biggest strength. They have a size advantage over Phoenix, almost across the board. They, they need to be taking advantage of it. They're constantly running lineups that are bigger. You see um, Phoenix trying to run Grayson Allen, Aaron Gordon, Eric Gordon at the 2-3. and three. They cannot be getting away with that. Both of those guys are six five and under. It's ridiculous. Lakers are running much, way bigger guys. They got Russell at six three, then Reddish at six six, LeBron six eight, Torian Prince six seven, I think, and um, AD six eleven. They're bigger everywhere except for the center position, and even that AD p- ha- was playing big. So they fell in love with taking threes. They got the Phoenix Suns cut it to two. Lakers immediately go on another run and start playing again like how they did. Actually, the main reason this Phoenix went that, made that run. Now that I'm thinking about it, is Darvin Ham put LeBron and AD on the bench at the same time, so I am obviously still working on the rotations. That's not really anything new. It's Okay, quarter way through the season, so he's working on that. But lineups without LeBron and AD are gonna play poorly, like it or not. Like the defense might not be bad, but the offense will be garbage. Like, even with Austin Reeves and Delo on the court, it's just, like, guard play. You don't have any of the... You don't have, like... You're not seeing that, like, th- post-up threat or shooting threat from a Jackson Hayes. Or even Christian Wood, who actually did play this game. Weirdly enough, he didn't get any minutes. Which I thought was a little bit of a plus by Ham. Because Hayes is the better defensive rim running option. So, that was with those guys. Um... So yeah, Lakers going another run to end the third quarter, go up by 12. Um, third quarter, Phoenix immediately, 14-0 run, gets the lead back. Lakers, um, they try, they fight back, but they failed, sadly. <laughs> they fought back, um, and they're coming back into it. And it was going neck and neck, back and forth. You could see, though, like Phoenix is the biggest issue with Phoenix's offense is it feels like the role players are never able to get into a rhythm. And I honestly think they have decent role players. They got Eric Gordon. Great shooter, shot creator. Honestly, underrated defender, too. Grayson Allen can give you a, bu- a great bucket. Also, not a, a also a reliable cutter, as well. Um, do they play Watanabe? I don't think they played Watanabe this game. Yeah, they didn't. Um, Akogi in his limited minutes. Jordan Goodwin, he gives you something. Nasir Little. Those guys, they're like little defensive guys. And... It felt like every time they were attempting to score, it was, like, in isolation. Or, it was in isolation. Yeah, they got their... Like, Gordon and Allen, they played good. They obviously had got way more minutes. Like, Grayson Allen had 21 points. It was really good. Eric Gordon, though, 7 points. Goodwin, 7. Little, 5. A none. None. But focusing on Goodwin and Little, it felt like they barely got any catch-and-shoot attempts. Like, a lot of times, they were, like, driving in, and there were several float shots they tried that didn't go in because of AD's presence. And I'm thinking to myself, it's like, KD and Booker, I feel like they're trying to set them up, but they're not able to. Because I feel like those guys would function way better as catch-and-shoot and cutter guys. But, as we'll get to in the fourth quarter, actually, we'll just go to the fourth quarter, neck and neck. Fourth quarter. This is when Phoenix is 29th in 4th quarter offense. There's a reason why. Luka, or sorry, um, the Booker and Durant, they get blitzed in the 4th quarter. They're getting doubled. Lakers are, are piling on. And they are just counting on Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen to beat them. Which, if you get a decent closeout on that first three, you don't really have to worry about an Eric Gordon-Grayson Allen drive. Especially if that, by this point, Anthony Davis has recovered back to the paint, so Lakers forced a couple of shot clock violations, and then on offense for the Lakers, honestly, the Lakers, Anthony Davis missed a couple of very easy shots, he had 20 points in the first half and and 7 points in the second half, so Anthony Davis needs to be a lot better. Another thing in the third quarter that actually kept the Lakers in it, and was the difference between them winning and losing this game, like, this is a big difference. Austin Reeves quietly was playing really well in that third quarter because Austin Reeves is not a guy who gets his points, like, back-to-back. He's not that kind of guy. He will score in the flow of the offense, so his points will come very dispersed. But at the end, it'll look like, oh, yeah, Austin Reeves quick 19 points. Okay, productive, Mr. Productive. But when you when he gets his baskets, like, you can feel the impact of them, but they come like, they've become, they come very far between each other. So anyway, Reeves kept the Lakers in the game during the third quarter. Getting into the fourth quarter, the defense is obviously pressuring Phoenix at this point. They're relying on their role players to try and get baskets. It isn't working. At the same time, though, you have KD just going off. And, like, they are blitzing Booker. KD was sometimes able to get away from the blitz and score. He's He was getting a couple of catch-and-shoot looks. The role players would find KD, just pull-up launch. Money. That's... That's what they were doing. They were, like, like giving KD the grenade, and KD let it fly and it exploded. Um, So that worked really well. But then to end the game, LeBron took over. Again, at age 38, soon to be 39. Took over the game. It was, like... And the other thing, I did not like the way Phoenix was guarding LA. They Nurkic, uh, Nurkic, and uh, who's guarding LeBron? I think it's Eric Gordon. They concede the switch immediately. It's like LeBron AD will do not a hard, not a soft screen, but they do like a medium screen. They immediately concede the switch to Nurkic. LeBron got past him every time and only missed one time, and that was when KD came to help. And actually, they did a good job helping, but almost every play they did not do a good job helping on the LeBron drives, <clears throat> which was not very good. So at this point, it's 97 to 103. No, 97 to one oh What was it? 97 to 102. And then KD and Booker each hit like a jump shot and a layup each. They're able to get. They were able to get stops at the end because LeBron had to pass out of it Reeves had to take a wild shot that missed next play Austin Reeves <clears throat> that kid has guts a lot of guts to take that three up one didn't even run down the shot like he was just like okay I have a little bit of a decent look and honestly I don't think Grayson Allen was ready for Reeves to take that three he was like he was like okay a d was right there he was like oh they might get the post up to a d or LeBron's on the on the right side, they, Reeves might swing it to him, and then he's going to drive it, and I need to help, he was not expecting Reeves to pull up right then and there, nobody was, <clears throat> Reeves strained it, it was beautiful, now we get to the highlight of the game, the no foul call, Lakers got to win with one there, they definitely did From the ref's point of view, I'm thinking the only technicality here would be LeBron's arms were in the motion to signal a timeout, not the actual making the symbol. The motion of his arms moving up to make the symbol started when Reeves had the ball. In fact, uh, L2M confirmed this uh, this morning that the ball wasn't Reeves' hand, which very subjective, and that is a very subjective thing, like this calling timeout thing because there's like a reaction time between the coach having to get it. Originally, I thought oh, the ball was going to go out of bounds anyway but Grayson Allen was in the process of getting it, could have even saved it. KD and Booker were right there, they could have gotten it. <clears throat> so Suns definitely I wouldn't say cheated because they had 20 turnovers and many opportunities to do things differently, but it was a tough break. It, 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 was, it was a dagger to the heart but you are already dying, to be honest. <clears throat> On the Lakers' part, um, in terms of my assessment for both teams, if the Suns get Beal, they are they are a contender. Like, to be honest, I don't even need to know how good Bradley Beal will be. Just the threat of Bradley Beal will make this team better. Because they were close to being the Lakers, and to be honest, their role players are going to be able to thrive more when Beal is out there. With Booker and Durant, it's like that perfect sweet spot for the role players to still get zeroed in on. It's a perfect the, it's at the spot where the role players can still get not zeroed in on, they can be they can be defended. <clears throat> they can still be defended man to man. Like we don't have to fully commit to KD and Booker. Like they're able to blitz and recover. Meanwhile, it's at the if it's the other guys, it's more one-on-one play. They might try doubles, but then the role players will be able to get better quality shots. <clears throat> So Phoenix just needs to get Beal back until then. Um Nurkic and Eubanks need to play need to play better rim protector like defense because their perimeter defense honestly isn't the worst. Like they don't have a lockdown guy outside of a Kogi. Kogi's only issue is he can't in threes, but their perimeter defense is not bad. It's the issue is once someone gets by them, it's basically a free run into the paint. <clears throat> Nurkic either gets in foul trouble or can't block a shot. He had zero blocks. Eubanks had zero blocks. like Three blocks the whole game, none of them came from their centers. They need better rim protection. <clears throat> On the Lakers' side, you have to be pretty thankful about that foul call. AD also did not have a good second half, which... AD's got to play a complete game the whole game th- this year. Like, he's done it, but... He has, It's not like a, been like a steady trend. Like that first half was so good. He was getting putbacks, offensive rebounds. Which by the way, twenty offensive rebounds for the Lakers. Ridiculous. Twenty turnovers for Phoenix. Also ridiculous. Those were the two difference makers that helped the Lakers win. <clears throat> so, AD needs to work on that. LeBron keep doing what he's doing. Reeves keep doing what he's doing. All of the role players of the Lakers, like Torrey Prince, Reddish. They embrace the challenge of guarding KD and Booker. Vanderbilt, too. Um, and I did like some of the... Pl- I like when Reddish and Prince attack off the, dr- off the catch. Like, drive on a closeout. When they do that, almost every time they do that, something good happens. It, it's most of the time a foul, or they're able to find like someone else cutting, like LeBron or AD. They're able to find them in the paint for an easier basket. I really like when they do that. They need to do that more. Um, looking ahead now to Lakers-Pelicans. Pelicans Pelicans beat the Kings in their last tournament game, which that was a very good game. Kings came out smoking hot. Pelicans closed the gap and ended up leading by the end of the first quarter. It was uh, uh, insane. It was led by Alvarado and Najee Marshall, of all people, on defense. And then the Pelicans got ahead, kept the lead the whole game, and won. I was very impressed. Considering McCullum just came back from the collapsed lung, they looked very good. The key to this Lakers-Pelicans game is Zion. And, again, could be pretty general, but in terms of matchups, who is guarding Zion on the Lakers and who is Zion guarding on the Lakers is very important to this game. Because on the Lakers, I'm not sure who you want to guard Zion. If you look across the board at their wings and bigs, AD, I don't know if you want him to do that when you have Valanchunas. You need size on Valanchunas, obviously. You need size on him. Um, Torian Prince, I feel like, is not strong enough to keep up with Zion. Also, yeah, not strong enough. Same with Cam Reddish. Vanderbilt has the length to bother Zion, maybe, but I feel like he would also get bullied inside. Hachimura... And LeBron, I feel like, have the builds to contend with Zion strength-wise, kind of, sort of, but Rui is not getting that many minutes, he's not going to start, and you do not want to tire LeBron out early. So I'm wondering, in the Lakers' starting lineup, which it's most likely going to be the same, Russell, Prince, Cam, LeBron, AD, who's guarding Zion there? The logical choice has to be LeBron. LeBron and maybe have AD bring like a double on the drive, bring help on the drive. It's kind of a conundrum for the Lakers. They don't have a guy who they don't have a guy who can be like, we'll stick on Zion, we'll live with that. Which you can say that about a lot of teams, but <clears throat> with the Lakers, it's it is a bit different. Especially when they are probably going to want guys like Reddish, Prince, and Vanderbilt to be guarding Aunt Brandon Ingram, who Ingram went off in that. King's game, the level of degree of difficulty on the jump shots he was taking, absurd. Keegan Murray up in his face, there's a Barnes up in his face, nothing but net. So we'll see how he plays, but he he is on track to have a good game, especially with the motivation after getting traded from the Lakers. Brings that to every game. <clears throat> McCullum versus D'Lo will also be a key matchup here. If D if Russell outplays McCullum, I see the Lakers winning this game because that's a key factor. I feel like in determining whether things are going the Lakers' way. Delo lays an egg and McCollum is probably McCollum is actually the, I'd say the most clutch player on the team. So if McCollum has a good game, good which ends the game well and like is consistent throughout and then Delo like kind of goes quiet, I think the Pelicans are winning. So that's the main matchup to me, McCollum Delo. LeBron probably going to get his thing. He's going to be facing Herb Jones, Najee Marshall, and Trey Murphy. Those are the guys who are going to be checking him. Who, LeBron does good against length, especially when they're not that strong. Najee Marshall might give him trouble, maybe strength-wise, but LeBron's a smart guy. He's, he's going to find a way to do his thing. AD should, in theory, dominate against Valanchunas. Theory never works with AD, though. You never know what's going to happen, so... We'll, we'll, you'll see what happens with AD. In terms the benches. Really, a big fan. I'm really, a, I'm really favoring New Orleans bench. Um, for example, uh, what's his name? Who? Um, Alvarado, Trey Murphy, Najee Marshall, Larry Nance. I would definitely take those guys over like the Jackson Hayes. Vanderbilt's good, but in terms of offense, pure offense and defense combo, I would take them over them. Like, Alvarado versus Reeves, I'm going to love to see that, although Reeves' handles is probably the weakest part of his game offensively. Like, he's a good shooter, not a bad finisher, but his handles are not the greatest. <clears throat> you can see uh, if a defender, like, digs in and gives maximum effort, they can fluster him a little bit. And Alvarado is that type of guy, so I- I'm excited to see Reeves versus Alvarado. Or even D'Lo versus Alvarado. That, those, those should be very good matchups. Pelicans got the defense. They're also very good at moving the ball, something the Lakers struggle at. Trey Murphy is another guy who can light it up from three. He's very important. If Valanchunas just gets a double-double, plays hands up on AD and doesn't get into foul trouble, then I would consider that game a success for him. So many ways this game could go, but honestly, I'm on paper, I'm leading the Pelicans. Because they have the better bench... They're the younger team, so they might be more even more motivated. They've got size, they've got strength, they've got defense. Um, Lakers have size, they kinda have strength, and their defense is kinda so so. Um, I don't know. On paper I have to say the Pelicans, but the Lakers have not lost an in season tournament game at all so far. So who's to say? Especially in Vegas. Who's to really say who can win that game? But anyway, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode, episode 3. If you enjoyed the video, like and subscribe. Um, Follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. And stay tuned. The following episode... The next episode is going to be released... Today's episode is going to be released on Thursday morning, 5 a.m. And then the following episode is going to be released on Monday. Where we will recap... I think the entire tournament, we'll get to that, but very excited for tomorrow's games, going to be really, really paying attention to that, and I'll see you guys soon, bye.